makings of a kingdom woman we're going to go ahead on and go into hebrews 4 12. if you know the scripture go ahead on and quote it if you don't know it please read it hebrews 4 12. i believe i believe the word of god is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart i believe father we come before your throne god and we do believe your word god we believe that your word is transforming we believe that your word god purifies it sanctifies God, it takes our lives and it changes us into a new creation. The creation, God, that you intended for this world and for your children to be. God, you have given us all a purpose and a destiny to follow you. And God, we have purposed in our heart to follow that destiny as you lead and as you guide. So, Father, we ask by the blood of your son, Jesus, that as we talk about the kingdom woman, that it will be your words to build, to edify, to encourage, to lift up every woman who, God, hears this message. Every man, dear God, who hears this message to know how to build that kingdom woman up that's in his life. Father, we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So kingdom woman, before we get into the actual teachings, giving you a lot of steps and a lot of examples, I want every woman to understand that a kingdom woman is not born. A kingdom woman is built. And a kingdom woman is built by the pain that she goes through. A kingdom woman, some kingdom women are built by experiences. Some kingdom women are built by pain. Some kingdom women are built by relationships, failed relationships, failed marriages. Some kingdom women are built by choices that they make. Kingdom woman is made by the hands of God through her life experiences. So as we continue on to understand what a kingdom woman is, I don't want you to use it as a checklist to say, this is what I'm not. And so therefore I am not capable of being a kingdom woman. I want you to use it as a mirror to say, God, these are the areas that it's in my life that I want you to change so that I can be a kingdom woman. Kingdom woman is built through her pain and finally through her choices. And each choice that you make will draw you closer to God as a kingdom woman. When those choices line up to the will of God, and if those choices don't line up to the will of God, the scripture says, what Satan means for evil, God will turn to good. And so you will eventually get in line in proper alignment with Christ. Your kingdom woman, as a kingdom woman, the choices that you make will either draw you closer to God or further away from God. A kingdom woman looks for his presence. And next Sunday, we will look deeper into the lives of kingdom women. Today, we're just gonna look at a few and understand the foundation of pretty much how a kingdom woman is built. Some of the women of the Bible in their brokenness and their pain, yet their story has developed them into being what we call that kingdom woman. Let's look at Rahab. Rahab is found in Joshua, the second chapter, Joshua, the sixth chapter, James, the second chapter, 25th verse, and in Hebrews eleven thirty-one. 
what I want you to do, we're going to talk about Rahab. But I want you to read those scriptures yourself. We're going to talk about Rahab and what happened with her. We'll probably go into a little bit more depth later on in the teaching. But Rahab was a prostitute. And you can say, how can a kingdom woman be birthed out of being a prostitute? God can change anyone. And he can change anything and he can change any situation. So you may be sitting here and you may be a prostitute. And God may have stopped you to listen to this message. Because he wants you to know, I love you. And every time you sold your body to a man, I still love you because I know that I have a purpose and a plan for you and I'm waiting for you. See, that's Rahab. Rahab sold her body to the highest bidder. Today, we call those women not only prostitutes, but sometimes we call them gold diggers. They go after a man for what that man can provide for them. They manipulate and they use that man so that man can do things for them. But see, what God is saying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is that he has a better plan. But if you are a prostitute, excuse me, if you're a prostitute, if you slept with several men and you feel like your life is not worth anything, God has a different decision for you. If you feel like I have stole my body and now I'm too old to sell my body. I've sold my body and now I've got a venereal disease and I can't sell my body no more with a good conscience. Or maybe you sold your body and you had abortions after you sold your body and you've had an abortion as a way of birth control. God says, I have a different plan for you because every woman that comes under the anointing of God, God is saying you are, and I want you to be a kingdom woman. So I'm going to put a pause right here. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal savior, these words aren't going to mean anything to you. So I'm going to stop now and I'm going to talk to you about accepting Christ into your life as your personal savior. See, God came as a redemptive God. He came to redeem. He came to redeem that which was lost. He came to save souls. When he shed his blood on Calvary, he shed his blood on Calvary for those who didn't know him. He shed his blood so that we can go before the Father. See, without that redemptive blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we cannot go into the presence of the Father. And see, that's where we want to be in his presence, because in his presence, there is healing. In his presence, there is hope. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. See, we can't get into his presence if we don't know Jesus. The scripture says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that have the son have life. He that does not have the son of God does not have life. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. See, without eternal life, without accepting Christ into your life as your personal savior, we can go on and talk about a kingdom woman, but it will mean nothing to you. If you don't know Christ as your personal savior, I can tell you that he loves you. And you won't believe me. I can show you in, in his word and you won't believe it because you can't receive it because you don't have the redemptive blood of Christ that you've accepted into your life so that you can believe. Woman of God, he loves you. This message is not just for the put together woman because there is no put together woman, not a one. Not a one. Your first lady in the church, first lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, I don't care who it is. There is no put together woman on the face of this earth. Save the woman of God. Save the kingdom woman of God. And the only way you can be a kingdom woman of God is that you've surrendered your life to him. And for most women, including myself, we come to God broken. 
broken, we cannot ignore the fact that we're broken. We cannot ignore the fact that life has beat us down and there is nothing else left but the blood of Jesus. So I won't even dare talk about the kingdom of woman first before I talk about the brokenness. Because that's what's going to help you to be a kingdom woman. That you are not defined by your brokenness, but that you are defined by who God said you are. You are defined by his love. You're defined by his grace. You're defined by his mercy. That's what the kingdom woman knows that the average woman don't know. When someone comes to her and say, well, you know, I know what happened in the past. I know who you were then. Yes, you may know, but you don't know who I am. See, what, let me tell you about Rahab. Let's go back to Rahab. Rahab sold her body. She was a prostitute, a known prostitute in the area. You want a, you want a woman of the night or you want to get a woman of the night? Go to Rahab. But Rahab heard about God. And she saw the power of God working in the spies. And she told him, I don't want this life. She sold her body until one day she was wise enough to see the power of God and she switched sides. She switched sides from Satan because see, in the beginning, Satan's plan was to overthrow the woman through her sexuality. So when you struggle with, I can't live without a man. And there's a lot of women out there who feel I can't go one day without a man. I need a man in my life. I need a man in my bed. So you settle. There's women that go through life saying, I, you know, I have to make money. That's Satan. And what Satan is doing to you is he's prostituting his gifts to you and you're buying it. Because at the fall of Adam and Eve, the scripture says that the seed of the woman will bruise his heel. Although Eve brought sin into the world through her disobedience, it was a birth of Mary. When Mary birthed Jesus, that brought the savior into the world. Although in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and sometimes in the New Testament, you will read that the woman was discarded. The woman was treated as less than, but that has never been the idea of the father. When he was at the cross, he told John, son, behold thy mother, mother, behold thy son. He took care of his mother before he passed. In Ephesians, in Ephesians, he told children, children honor thy mother and thy father that thy days may be belong upon the land of the living. If you don't honor your mother, if you don't honor your father, your days are cut short. See, God had a plan for the mothers to be honored. God had a plan. God still has a plan for women we have to understand that plan and know that just as God has a plan for women, Satan has a plan to attack women and he attacks her through her sexuality. He, he attacks women to make them feel like that they have to prostitute their body. He attacks women to make them feel like that they have to be as a man minus the man apparatus. He attacks the women to make them feel like that Aborting children is a way to take care of a mistake or take care of a birth that you don't want. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God said, I come to give life. Believe me, kingdom woman, and yes, I'm going to define you and declare you now as a kingdom woman. I don't care what your status is. I don't care who you are. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, in your life as your personal savior, you are a kingdom woman. So if you haven't done it, let's go, let's go back and do that now. Father, I believe I'm a sinner and I want you to say these words after me. Father, I believe I'm a sinner. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against earth. I've sinned against your will for my life. 
God, you said, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and if I believe in my heart that God raised me from the dead, I will be saved. God, I give you my heart, and I confess that I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I believe it, God. No, I wasn't there to see it, but I believe it. And with that belief, I'm asking you to come into my heart. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth. Wash me. Wash me, God. Make me whiter than snow. Wash me. Satan, I hereby give you notice and I want you to tell him, Satan, I hereby give you notice that you no longer have rights and say it with authority, reign or legal ground in my life. My ears are now deafened to every one of your suggestions and plans and schemes for me. The scripture says that my sheep hear me and they know my voice. I now surrender my ears to hear only the voice of God. I surrender my mind, my will, my body, and my emotions to obey God and God alone. Satan, I renounce every pact that I made with you, every plan that I've made with you, every word that I've spoken to you, and every word that was spoken over me from the demonic realm. I cancel it now in the name of Jesus and I renounce your work. I surrender only to the voice, work and will of God. I am in the name of Jesus, a kingdom woman. Decree and declare it. Decree and declare it with such authority that the enemy will know that you know who you are in Christ Jesus that nothing else from this day forward will define you other than the voice of God. And today, God declares you as a kingdom woman. I am a kingdom woman. I am a kingdom woman. And if it's a man listening, I want you to declare, I am a kingdom man. I don't care what your past is. You've confessed it. You've confessed your sins. You are now changing your route, changing your journey, changing the direction that you're taking your life. And you're declaring, God, I am a kingdom child of God. I am today. Write the date down. I am today a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, God. Amen. Rahab, maybe you're Rahab. Maybe you've sold your body to take care of your kids. Or maybe you sold your body because you wanted the finer things in life because you felt you deserved it. Maybe mom and daddy wasn't able to provide it for you so you felt when you got older that you would use your body as a provision. Or maybe you feel like the world is so caught up in looks and body shape and you decide that's what I want and you sold your body. Maybe you've altered your body. Maybe you went in, into surgery and increased your breast because you felt it wasn't large enough or your derriere because it wasn't large enough or and you sold your body tell God I am no longer defined by my body I'm no longer defined by the men that I laid with or how much money they've given to me or how much money I can get out of a man but I'm defined by holiness. I'm defined by who you are. I remember meeting a woman. She was a hairdresser. And a man came in and he brought her some 
long stem roses and I was really impressed. And she said, that's nothing. She said, I get TVs, I got a car, I got a house. And she started naming all the things that men have bought for her. And she says, and I don't even have to have sex with him. I just don't give him anything and promise them that I would. This woman sold a promise that she was not going to fulfill. She ended up passing. And I thought about the many men that she's damaged. I thought about the many things that she received from these men. If you've been one of those women to sell your body or to sell an empty promise or to sell your soul to a man, I want you to ask God to forgive you. And I want you to stop now your prostitution, your gold digging behavior and attitude. And I want you to get to your knees and ask God to forgive you. Because your body is his temple. Your body belongs to him. And God and Satan cannot dwell in the same body. God has a purpose and a plan for you that's far beyond what you have done with your body. And he loves you. God loves you unconditionally and someone is saying even now yes even now God said tell them that's why I died that's why I gave my life is to die for those who need salvation to get into the presence of God. Sin separates us from God. Sin does. And when we're separated from God, we can't enter into the kingdom of God. We can't enter into his presence. And God has more for you, kingdom woman. John 4, 5 through 42. We're going to look at the Samaritan woman again. I'm not going to read these scriptures, but I want you to read them. We're going to talk about them a little more in depth later on. I'm just setting the foundation. I'm setting the foundation to let you know what brokenness does. This message is not just for women who come out the wound speaking in tongues or speaking Christ. This message is for women that are broken. This message is for every woman because every woman has been broken in some part of their life. Every woman has experienced in some part of their life. Every woman has made bad choices, bad decisions in some part of their life, but it does not mean that you do not have the capability of being a kingdom woman. God's blood has redeemed you. You can be and will be and on the road to be a kingdom woman, a kingdom wife. We're going to look at Samaritan. The woman at the well, we hear about her a lot. It's one of the common stories. And being a Samaritan was wearing the jacket of being insignificant, was wearing the jacket of rejection. She was rejected because she was a Samaritan. She was rejected because she was a woman. How many of you know what that feels like to be rejected? Maybe you've been rejected by your family. Maybe you've been rejected by a mate or a spouse. Maybe you've been rejected by your children. Maybe you've been rejected by your job. Maybe you've been rejected from a job. About the, the right income or the right 
tonation in your skin or rejection. She was a woman that was rejected because she was a Samaritan. She was a woman that was rejected because she was a woman. But God had a plan. I want you to know, kingdom woman, God has a plan for you. He wants you to know just how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, and that no matter what choices and decisions that you make, it can all work together for God's good for your life. God will get the glory and you will feel the goodness of the choices that are being made. So the Samaritan woman, she went to the well. She went to the well at a time of day that no one was going to be here. She had made choices in her life. She had many men. She was married five times. See, our choices that we make in our life takes us either closer to God or further away from God. She had been married five times. God didn't tell us how many men were in between those, but five times. Jesus purposely, he purposefully went to Samaritan. He traveled to that town. He sent his disciples to go get food and he waited by the well for this woman. See, there are times in your life that God's going to wait for you. I need you to come to me. You've made some bad decisions in your life. Maybe you have one or two children and they're by different men and people look down upon you, but God doesn't. Because God said, children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. The mistake was the having intimacy before marriage, but that child isn't. If you've got three, four, five children by five men, it doesn't matter. God loves you and he loves those children. This woman had made some bad choices in her life and God said, I need to go to her. Jesus was on a mission and he sat there by the well and he asked her a favor, would you give me some water? And she was astounded, like, you're asking me, a Samaritan and a woman, to give you some water? She didn't know who he was. She just knew he was a man. You're asking me? And and you know that means you're going to have to drink from my cup. <laughs> but what God didn't tell her is that I've already am, am in the process of drinking the cup. The cup of sin. Your sin. I've already did it. I'm on I'm in the process. It's only a matter of time. I know the choices that you made. And Jesus proceeded to tell her, you've been married five times and the man that you're with is not even your husband. He didn't say the man you're with. He said the man you're living with. We always talk about is living together wrong. Go to the word. What does the word say? It's not a judgmental statement. What does the word say? Shacking up. And I'm not here to, to condemn. I'm not here to criticize. Not at all. I'm just here to put you on the right road for Christ. So he said to her, the man that you're living with is not your husband. And she was astounded that he knew so much about her. And then he offered her the living water. And that's what Christ wants to offer every woman that's broken, every woman that's in pain, every woman that has made a wrong decision, every woman who is feeling bad because she has children by several different men or she's been raped by her father, she's been raped by a family member, or she's just living a life of destitute. God said, I got a plan for you. I've got some living water. I know everything you've gone through. And she was so excited that she met a man. Come, she told everybody, come, come see a man. Come see a man who told me all that I've ever done. And when we look at the road of an evangelist, she was an evangelist. God took her from 
shacking up, living together to an evangelist within a matter of moments because she went away telling everybody about Jesus. There are a lot of kingdom women that are out here who will listen to this and who are listening to this now or your husband or your boyfriend is listening to this. And when you look at your woman, when you look at your wife, I want you to look at her through the eyes of Christ. That she's either a kingdom woman now or she is kingdom woman in the making. So you treat her as such. God went out of his way to redeem the soul of the Samaritan woman. God is going out of his way to redeem women from the choices that you've made because he has a plan for you. The plan to overthrow what Satan wants to do, which is to kill, steal, and destroy. Lastly, we're gonna look at the crippled woman. Luke, the 13th chapter, 10 through 17, I want you to read it. Write it down. Luke 13th chapter, 10 through 17. This is the crippled woman. And she was bent over for 18 years. She was bent over from the struggles of life. It was weighing her down. She was judged by others, by her situation. She was shunned because she was bent over. How many of you women are bent over now? Bent over because your husband has abused you. Bent over because maybe your husband walked out on you. Bent over because your relationships after relationship after relationship seems to go nowhere. Bent over because financially you are considered a state of poverty. Bent over because your children have walked away and they don't look back to see about you. Bent over because you've got church hurt, church pain. Bent over because you're rejected. Bent over because you have been abandoned. Bent over because the doctor told you that you've got an illness and there is no cure. Bent over. Bent over because that man walked out. You're bent over. Bent over with lack of understanding and seemingly no help. Bent over because you're depressed, bent over with suicidal ideation, bent over with thoughts of hopelessness, bent over, and it's been a long time, bent over because maybe you're a caregiver and it just seems like the more you care for this person, they're living longer and you really wish they would die and they're not dying and you just caring and nobody's there to help you carry the weight, bent over, bent over. Bent over, hurting, and no one sees your pain. No one sees the tears in your eyes. No one sees your hurt. No one sees your brokenness. I'm bent over, so I smile. And a lot of women who get up in the morning and they dress their face up, they're bent over. They're bent over. Their face is dressed to hide their pain, but they're bent over. Maybe they went to work and left a husband at home laying in the bed and he's drunk, bent over. Maybe they've been married for several years and they're waiting for their husband to change and he hasn't changed and they're praying and praying and fasting and praying, bent over. This woman was bent over for 18 years until she met Jesus. She met Jesus. And when she met Jesus, he extended himself and he touched her. The scripture says he touched her. He touched her with love. He touched her with compassion. He touched her with acceptance. He touched her with grace. He touched her with mercy. He touched her with unconditional love. He touched her with hope. 
He touched her because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's a God that provides. He touched her because he's Jehovah Rapha. He's a God that heals. He touched her because he's El Shaddai. He touched her because he's the God Almighty. He touched her because he covered her with his banner of Nisi. He touched her. He touched her. And when he touched her, she gave thanks. Many of you women are bent over. You're bent over with pain. You're bent over with hurt. You're bent over with rejection from family, rejection from husband, rejection from people that are around. You're bent over. But God is saying to you, I have a purpose. I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope. God said, straighten up in the name of Jesus. God said, straighten up. Take the weight off of your back. Take the weight off of your shoulders. Straighten up. Sit up. Hmm. When I was growing up and we'd sit in class, the teacher would come behind us and tap us on our back and say, sit up, take that. And we'd sit up all proud. And the next thing you know, we're back down. Teacher come along, sit up, sit up. God is telling you, sit up, roll off the rejection, roll off the abandonment, roll off the hurt. I'm dealing with that husband, roll it off. I'm dealing with your body, roll it off. If you got to take chemo, God said, I'll be there with you. If I don't heal you first, because see, I got that capability. So roll it off. Don't allow the weight of the world and the things that you've experienced to cripple you. To take you out of the will of God for your life because you are created for a purpose and for a destiny in Christ Jesus. You are not your own. You are bought with a cry, with a price. And God is calling you today to say, straighten up. Straighten up. Woman of God. Precious woman of God. Kingdom woman of God. And I'm talking to every woman who is listening. And if there's a man on the line, go take that woman in your life. And you hold her and you tell her, you're precious. You're precious to me. You're precious to God. Forgive me for how I've treated you. Forgive me for the things that I've said to you. Forgive me. And you begin to treat her with the respect and the honor that God gives her. You're precious. Woman of God. Kingdom woman. And I want you to make a commitment that you're going to follow the rest of these sessions so that you can understand and learn what it means to be a kingdom woman. And if you're a single woman, what it means to be a kingdom woman so that when you marry, you marry a kingdom man, not just a man or a facsimile of a man or a man who's a boy, but you marry a man of God, a kingdom man. That's where we're at today. God is calling for women to rise up. God is calling for men to rise up Rise up into your rightful position as heirs of the throne. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know who you belong to? Don't you know who your father is? Rise up, kingdom woman of God. And I want to pray for you. If any of you have a prayer request, as I said before, I wasn't going to do a lot of teaching today just laying the foundation the makings the makings of a kingdom woman if you have a prayer request let me pray for you i want to take the rest of this time and just begin to intercede in prayer if periscope kicks you off come right back on come right back on and i want to pray so father in the name of your son jesus christ of nazareth 
every woman who is listening, whether she's crippled God, whether she's made wrong choices in life, whether God she's sold her body, whether she has the attitude and the mindset of a gold digger, God, we bring those before your throne and we lay it at your feet. And God, we leave it there. And we decree and declare no more. We tell Satan no more. You no longer have rights, reign, authority, a legal ground in my life. No longer will I bow down for you to steal, kill, and you're trying to destroy me. It's not going to work because I'm under the blood of Jesus. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I choose to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I choose God. I choose the shelter. I choose the refuge. I choose you, God, as my habitation. I give my life and surrender my life to you because, God, today, October the 11, 2020, I choose to be a kingdom woman of God. That means that I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That means, God, that you define me, that your blood has defined me, and no longer my past defines me, no longer my choices defines me, no longer of who I laid with defines me, no longer of who hurt me defines me, no longer of that church that hurt me defines me, no longer of my father that hurt me defines me, no longer of my mother that hurts me defines me, no longer of my job defines me, my children defines me, my ex-husband, current husband, husband of the past, nothing defines me save the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth defines me and he defines me as an heir to the throne. He defines me as I am the daughter of the king. That makes me a kingdom woman. <laughs> Today, <laughs> by the blood of Jesus, I walk into my kingship. I am a kingdom woman of God. Hold your head high. I don't care what you've done. Hold your head high and say, God, thank you. Thank you for who you have called for me to be. And I'll walk in it. If there are any prayer requests, go ahead, type it in. If you're on Periscope, if you can't type it in, all right, for the person who, I'm praying for the person who feels condemned. They don't want to walk in condemnation. So Romans 8.1, there is therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why it's important for you to dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, because when you are in that place, there is no condemnation. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'd submit and lift up this woman to you, God, your daughter, your kingdom woman. And God, I pray that you would shut the mouth of every person who has ever spoken against her or who will speak against her in the, in the future or who has spoken over her now. I curse every word, every curse word that has come against her. I curse you at the root in the name of Jesus. And I pour in the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that every word that you've spoken over this dear woman of God is canceled. It is no longer alive. It is null and void. It is cast into the outer darkness. It is cast into the pits of hell. Rise, woman of God. Rise to the voice of God. Rise to the obedience of God. Rise to the wholeness of God. Rise to who God has defined you to be. God said you are therefore now no condemnation condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hide yourself under the shadow of the Most High God. See, the secret place is in his presence. There the enemy can't go. So Satan, by the blood of Jesus, we draw a bloodline. You cannot enter in because she is hidden in Christ. And every person that has spoken against you, it is she and he is condemned in the name of Jesus. God has forgiven you of every mistake, every decision that you've ever made. God has forgiven you. And he said he has taken your sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers it no more. And if God does not remember your sin, don't you dare entertain it. 
You take every thought into captivity. Don't entertain that sin. It's done. And God has forgiven you. Walk. Walk in the wholeness of God. Walk in the righteousness of God. Walk in who God has defined you to be. His dear daughter. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Anybody else have a prayer request? So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the wisdom that you are pouring out right now over your daughter. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. I don't hold back. If you ask, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to pour it out to you so abundantly. I will not hold it back. Solomon in all his glory, when he could have asked for anything, he'd asked for wisdom. Your daughter is saying, God, give me wisdom. I need wisdom, God. I got a decision to make. I need wisdom and I want your decision, God. I want to run my house as a woman of God, as a kingdom woman, and I need your wisdom, God. I need your wisdom to be a wife. I need your wisdom to be a mother. I need your wisdom to be an employee. I need your wisdom to be a friend, God. I need your wisdom. God, give her that wisdom abundantly. Because she asked, God. She could have asked for anything, Lord. And she asked for wisdom. Give it to her, God. And upbraid if not. Give it to her, God, abundantly. Don't hold it back. Pour it out. Pour it out there, God, that others will come to her just for the wisdom that you've given to her. And I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. You said, behold, old things are passed away. All things become new. So, Father, I pray for this daughter of God who consistently Satan uses as a tool because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if I can kill your thoughts and keep you in the past, you can't walk in the present. You can't walk in what God has for you. So, Father, we come against the enemy that no weapon formed against your daughter will prosper, that the past, God, will remain in the past, that God, when she would walk in the forgiveness that you've given to her. That no matter what she's done, dear God, it's over. It's over, God. It's over when you died on the cross for our sins. You died once. Amen. And you covered our sins as far as the east is from the west. You covered our sins, dear God, past, present, and future. And you don't have to go back to the cross to re-die for our sins. And so God, just like you don't have to go back to the cross, we don't have to keep remembering the sins that we committed once we have given them to you and confess them, God. So I pray that your dear daughter will walk in your forgiveness, that she will remember it no more, God, that she will see it as a stepping stone to your holiness, that she will thank you for redeeming her, God, that she will thank you that you called her worthy enough to call her out of a life of sin into a life of holiness and righteousness. God, every time that Satan wants to remind her of her past, God, you make her break out into a praise saying, thank you, Jesus. That was my past, but here's my now. And she will begin to praise you so loud, God with so much exuberance, with so much joy that Satan will stop reminding her of the past because he don't want her to praise. <laughs> because we know, God, that Satan wants to steal that praise from you. So God let her break out into praise every time the enemy wants to tell her or define who she is or say what she's done. She can say, but, but God, that she'll be like David. I'll dance out of my clothes. I'll be more dignified than this. You don't know who I am. See, kingdom women, we need to get to a place where Satan fears us. We got this little caption going on. Oh, she's up. But is that really real? Is that real in your life? 
Is that really real in your life that when you hit the ground, Satan is mad? That all he would want you to do is sleep. Because he don't want you to be up to go into warfare for your life and for, and for the life of others. What kind of woman are you? Can you pray your husband through, kingdom woman? Can you pray your man through, kingdom woman? Can you pray your children through, kingdom woman? I remember when my daughter applied to be part of the police department. They denied her. She was hurt. Two years later, she came back around. She met somebody in the restaurant and they told her apply again. And I said, give me that application. I went into my prayer room. I laid before the Lord and I fasted. And I said, God, my daughter wants his job, God. And I prayed and I fasted. And she went through the process again and they hired her. And they say, you know, we don't understand what's going on here because typically we don't go back a second time. Not like this. But see, what they don't know is that she had a praying mama. What they don't know is that I bowed my knees before my father in behalf of the child that he gave me. And I said, God, move in the name of Jesus. See, that's the power of a kingdom woman. It's not your body. It's not what you can do with your body. It's not your money. It's not anything that you think that make you or define who you are, your title or where you work. Are you a praying woman? Can you get a prayer through? Can you change the nation? Can you change your family? Can you change your home? Can you change it through prayer? Are you a praying woman? See, that's what I'm talking about, the kingdom woman. See, that's why I'm not getting into it right away. Because I want you to know that I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many men you slept with. I don't care how many abortions you had. I don't care what you've done in secret. I don't care how deceptive you were. I don't care what you've gone through and God doesn't care either. All he wants to know is, will you repent? And today will you become a kingdom woman? That's why I'm not going into the teachings yet. Because when I go into the teachings, you're going to try to compare yourself and say, I'm not that. Maybe you're not that now, but today you are going to be that. Today, when you accept Christ into your life, you are now a kingdom woman for the Lord. And he will not accept less and neither will I. You will walk in it. You will live in it. You will be just what God has called you to be, a kingdom woman. In the name of Jesus. No, I'm not angry. I'm not angry at all. I'm passionate about my father. And if there's any anger, I'm angry at the enemy for how he's destroyed so many lives of so many women. And he's used men to do it. He's used the people at your job. He's used your family. He's used your children. He's used that man in your life. He's used that husband. But you draw that bloodline and you tell that enemy no more. Because I know who I am. And I know who my father is. And I'm going to walk in it today. And you let the enemy know. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are there any more prayer requests? Any more prayer requests? Amen. Amen. Bless God. Bless God. Father, thank you. Thank you for every woman who has heard this word. And every woman, my King, who will hear these words later on or God through Spotify or YouTube, wherever they hear it, God. You said that your word is quick and powerful. God, you said your word does not turn void. It will not return back to you void, but it shall accomplish everything that it was sent out to do. Heal the hearts, the minds, the souls, 
the lives and the families of your daughters, God. Those who have said, God, here is my life. Here is my will. Here is my emotions. Here are my children. Here is my situation. Here is the mistakes I've made. Here is my path that I've chosen that was out of your path. Here are my times of fornication. Here are my adultery. Here is God when I walked out of your will and way from my life. Here's when I disrespected my parents. Here's God when I mistreated my children. Here God is when I stole from my job. Here God when I was deceptive in my taxes. Here God and I stand before you naked. Stripped of everything that I've done. <laughs> and I'm waiting and I thank you for that clothe of righteousness that robe of righteousness of holiness not because of who I am but because of who you are and because of who you have ordained me to be God I thank you that I am no longer defined and you let the enemy know women of God kingdom women I am no longer defined by the enemy I am defined by who God says I am. I am defined by his holiness. I am defined by his righteousness. I am defined by his purity and I walk in it in the name of Jesus. And if there's anyone out there right now that is carrying a child and you have thought about giving this child or going and having an abortion and God said no God said no that child the fruit of the wound is his reward don't worry about how I'm going to make it God said I'll be his father I will provide. For the woman that's thinking about walking away from your marriage, you're tired. If he's abusing you, or if there's unrepented adultery, it's understood. But if you're walking out for anything less than that, seek the face of God first. Ask God, don't just walk. Don't just walk. For the woman that's tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. Whatever this is, God said, give it to me and let me do it, and I'll give you strength. God bless each and every one of you. God bless you. We're going to prepare to take our communion. The blood of Jesus. The scripture says before we take communion to examine ourselves. If there's anything in your life that does not measure up to the holiness of God. See, time is short. And I don't want anyone who listens to Periscope or YouTube, Spotify, Google, wherever you hear this, you can't stand before God and say, I didn't know. Because I'm telling you today, God is coming back. And he's staying his hand of mercy so that those who don't know him can become saved and know him as Lord and Savior. 
and then to live in it. See, it's not enough just to say I'm saved. Many people say I'm saved, but you can't see the fruit. The scripture says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If we believe in our heart that we're going to be with the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, then we should live like it. If I believe that one day there's a mansion for me in the heavens, then I should live on this earth like there's a mansion for me in the heavens. If I can trust him for salvation and I've never seen him, I've never witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection, then I should trust him for my everyday life. See, that's what God wants from us. He's coming back. Don't be caught listening to the enemy and buying into his tools. He's coming back and you can't fool God. You can fool man. You can be deceptive with man, but you can't fool God. You can talk about man. You can be betrayal with men, but you can't betray God. As you take your communion, examine yourself. What's in, in your life that's separating you from God? Repent from it. Father, by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we take the symbolism of your body. We take God, your obedience. You told your father, if it be thy will, let this bitter cup pass me by. But because it was a will of your father and you loved your father and you wanted to obey him, you went to the cross. You endured the rejection, you endured the abandonment, you endured the despising, you endured the physical pain, the mental pain, the emotion, even the turning away of your father, you endured it. And God, just as you endured it, as we take your body, the symbolism of your body, God, we will endure on this earth what is necessary to get to the place, God, where we are in your kingdom. Because we know that this journey is not easy. We know that the straight gate and the narrow way is only for those who find it, God. Only for those who seek righteousness and holiness. And God, here we are. So we take your body as a symbolism. We take your obedience. And we say, Lord, we obey you. We obey with our mind. We obey with our will. We obey with our emotions to follow you no matter what. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the scripture says that he took and he broke the bread and he said, take, eat all of it. And then he took the cup, the blood, the blood, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus. Wash white as snow. The blood, there's power in the blood. See, the blood, when the blood was shed, the work was done. So God, we take the symbolism of your blood and the resurrection power of your blood into our life that God, no matter what we face, there is resurrection power. And we thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. And we give you glory and honor. And we take your blood, God. We take your power. We take that authority that you've given to us that we can trample over the enemy. And we choose to put them under our feet because we are kingdom women. We are kingdom children of God. Kingdom men. In the name of Jesus. Scripture says and when they had taken communion, they went away singing songs and hymns. One day I will sing 
Not today, though. Or one day I will. But there's a song that says, Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. For the next week, I want you to read those scriptures that I've given to you. John 4, 5 through 42. Joshua, the second chapter. And let me get this. Joshua second chapter and Luke Luke the 13th chapter 10 through 17 is the crippled woman Joshua second chapter and Joshua six chapters Rahab John the fourth chapter 5 through 42 is the Samaritan woman at the well I want you to read it we're going to come through it again in more detail but I want you to know that God loves you no matter what your choice has been no matter how many men you've gone through no matter how many abortions you've had no matter how many times you sold out men two men gave them empty promises or how bent over you are because of things in your life God loves you God loves you so much. Open your heart, your life, and embrace his love. And let him change you. He will because he wants to. God bless you. And God keep you. <laughs>